Yo, 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 what to do? Welcome to the first episode of Just Cruising. I'm your host, Isaiah Cruz. First, want to start off by thanking everyone who's been supporting me and encouraging me to do this podcast, talking about sports and life. Uh, I want to thank the people who've been giving me ideas, along with the people who have been DMing me and messaging me, just giving me ideas and topics to talk about. I really appreciate it, guys, and I'm so thankful. I want to first start off by just, for those who don't know me, born and raised in El Centro, California, went to Central Union High School, whoa, whoa, you know what it is, we bleed blue up in here, um, yeah, basically it, <laughs> uh, no, nah, but yeah, I'm born and raised over there, I'm living in San Diego now, but out here doing this podcast, I'm really excited to get this, get this thing going, and bring some good information and some good detailed oriented sports topics life topics we won't be talking about a lot of stuff we can we talk about sports football basketball baseball boxing ufc you know what it is but we also be talking about life and uh, like relationships love friendships um duandes bigfoot alien whether or not you put ketchup on the side if you're you're eating your your fries you know what i'm saying some people like it on top some people they like, i don't want my ketchup touching my fries bro Please put it on the side. Or the gravy on top of them. You know, I don't, bro. Don't. We're going to talk about a lot of crazy stuff up in here, bro. It's going to be popping. So first, I want to talk about some playoffs. Playoffs are here, finally, after 17 weeks. You know, about football, it's crazy. We wait so long for football to finally be here, and it's finally here, and it's gone. The selections for the draft have already been set for, for the first, like, 10, 15 picks. I'm going to be talking about just the main points, the main points I believe for each and every team that will give them the best chance of winning the game. Uh, I want to first start off with the Colts versus Texans. So for me, the big, 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 big point for the Colts to win this game is going to have to be the run game. You know, they have a running back by committee with Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. Uh, they're 20th in yards on the ground per game, 7th. In total offense, but that is mainly attributed to sixth in passing. Andrew Luck is playing really, really good. He got hot towards the end of the season, which that's what you want to do as a team going into the playoffs. But if you also look at some of the really good teams, they also have a great running game. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's in back in the playoffs. He's got the number one Russian team in the league. Jared Goff has Todd Gurley. Drew Brees has Ingram and Kamara. The run game opens up so much in the pass game. The defenses in the NFL, in playoffs, they ramp up, man. They they become well-oiled machines, and they just put it to a whole other level. So being able to run the ball is going to be key for them to get people open, running these heavy sets, pulling it out, play action. You know, Eric Ebron's having a really great season. T.Y. Hilton, another great year for him. And that's who... They really rely on in the pass game. So to be to get this run game going would be instrumental. Eric Ebron as well. One minute you think he's blocking. Oh, wait, he just sneaked out for a pass. And by the time you get to him, he's already in the end zone for six. It's going to be tough, though, because this Texans defense ranks third in allowing yards per game on the ground. Even though it, it's kind of tricky. they feel It feels like um, J.J. Watt and, and Clowney are pass rushers and that they would just do whatever they can to get into the backfield and that would pretty much open up the the run game but it really doesn't they're really they're really stacked on defense so that's my main point for the Colts for the Texans it's very very simple 
His name is DeAndre Hopkins. Get that man the ball, please. I had him this year in fantasy. I'd watch their games, and I would see I would see Hopkins one-on-one with the cornerback, and I was thinking in my head, bro, this is barbecue chicken. Just toss it up and watch the man make another spectacular catch like he's done all year long. Next thing I know, he's throwing the ball to Kiki Kuti, his name is. And I'm over here scratching my head like, bruh, are you kidding me? Don't get me wrong. Kuti's a really good player. He he impacted the Texans. You know, he made an appearance this year out of nowhere. You know, he raised some eyebrows. But you got hops one-on-one, bruh. Bro, sign me. Sign me on a 10-day. Start me a game, bro. All I'm saying is, if you got fantasy, you better pick me up. Because guess who I'm throwing to? Hopkins. And if he's doubled, guess who I'm throwing to? Hopkins. Bro, he can literally win you a game. And he's proven it. He's the best receiver in the game. I'm telling you right now, if they don't throw to him more than 20 times, they will lose this game. They will. He's proven that he is dominant. He's made spectacular catch after spectacular catch after spectacular catch. So it's key. If they don't throw to him more than 20 times, they're going to lose this game. The Texans offensively, they don't impress me. Their run game is not very impressive. They use Watson's legs in the red zone more than they do their running backs. At the end of the day, I think the Texans win this game 27-14. to 14. I think the Texans' defense will just be too much. I don't believe the Colts get the run game that they need to get going against the Texans' defense. Uh, and I don't think their defense, the Colts' defense, can be able to stop Watson and those dudes on offense, even though the Colts have the rookie of the year, Darius Leonard, who I really, really like, and he's just a dominant player. But on to the next game where we see the Seahawks visit the Cowboys. For me, the Cowboys' big situation is can Dak Prescott carry this team to a victory? I've never been high on Dak Prescott. I've just never thought he was that good. Even though he's proven in the regular season the last three years having three winning seasons, it's just he's never been a quarterback where I've been like, wow, that's that that was very impressive. He did, you know, last week he had a very good throw. He's going to have those throws. I, I've just never been high on the guy. Um, I'm going to assume Zeke will perform the way he's used to. Um, Zeke is this offense basically along with the offensive line. They got Amari Cooper, who's been really well for them as well. Dak Prescott, he has a 57.8 QBR, which is 17th in the league. Third on the list of QBs who fumble the most in the league with the sixth. He's one away from tying Carr, the Raiders, and Kirk Cousins of the Vikings. That's a lot of fumbles, and uh, most of those fumbles turn into points eventually or chew up a bunch of clock, and their comeback chances decrease dramatically. The, I think they've won two playoff games since the 90s, I think it is. You know, Dak Prescott, he turns the ball over quite a bit, and that's something you don't want your quarterback doing. If you put Dak Prescott and the Cowboys against any other team in the playoffs, if you put them against the Eagles or the Bears, he loses that game for them, in my opinion. The Seahawks is the best matchup for Dak Prescott to win this game. The Seahawks have Bobby Wagner and a bunch of young guys. They play hard, and they've done enough to get themselves into the playoffs. If they stack the box and force Dak Prescott 
to win the game. He's gonna have to do it. This is the only team he could have do he could do it against. He can't do it against the Bears and he can't do it against the Eagles. So if he's gonna win a game and you wanna get paid, which I think he will get paid, he's gonna have to win this game. But regardless, I think he will get paid. I would say north of twenty five. If they don't pay Dak, I can see him walking and getting signed. The only team I can kind of see him getting signed to is possibly be the Bengals. The Bengals are known to just be throwing around money to quarterbacks. They signed A.J. McCarron to a ridiculous contract and then ended up trading the guy. As long as he can just get the ball out of his hands and not hold on to it and not try to make a big play and just go along with the game plan and do what he's got to do, they'll easily win this game. The defense for the Seahawks will not be overpowering. But they will be a hard-nosed defense and be sticking around. Plus, not to mention that the Cowboys have a really good defense. So that'll also keep them in the game. For the Seahawks, it's the same old game plan they've been doing for the last 17 weeks. Run that ball. The run game is so dominant for them. They use two backs, sometimes even three. Uh, This offensive line isn't very good at pass protecting, but boy, can they create some giant holes. Uh, they they run the ball extremely well. Like I said, the number one running offense in the league. And again, like the Colts, if they get this running game open, they, that opens up a bunch of options for the top three, maybe even the best quarterback in the league right now, in my opinion. And I will get into that a little bit later in this uh, exact topic about Russell Wilson. But... Again, Russell Wilson, if he gets that run game going, that just opens up so much. He's got uh, Tyler Lockett, who can take the top off, off the coverage with some great play action. Uh, they still have Doug Baldwin, who is still a great receiver, number one, and is just looked great against the Chiefs, although the Chiefs' defense isn't very good. He still put up numbers. And I also believe with Russell Wilson at the helm, that's just so much experience. You can't count Russell Wilson out. He just makes that offense go. When things don't look good, he turns a bad play into a phenomenal play. It's it's incredible. I've been watching this guy. He's in the Rams division. I've been watching this guy for so many years, and he just continues to impress. And this guy, he's, in my opinion, the best, play, the best quarterback in the league right now. You can say Mahomes, but Russell Wilson just does things with a team that isn't as great as those other teams so Russell Wilson for sure top three and I will say that because if you look at Big Ben his offense and his defense are like top 10 Rodgers didn't even make the playoffs and you can't tell me that Rodgers can't make the playoffs look at Wilson he took a team that is basically identical to the Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams who is a top three receiver in this league Russell Wilson has Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett to look to Big Ben can't make the playoffs, and he's got Antonio Brown and Juju and a good defense and a good line. Russell Wilson, every time we play him, it's I, it's, I call him dangerous. Dangerous, actually. Dangerous. Same thing. And he's going up against a really tough defense. They got Jalen Smith, who flies around. They have that guy, uh, Van Der Esch, another great young player. But I know, And I know they stopped the Saints. There's a huge difference between Wilson and Breeze, in my opinion. Wilson uses his legs and makes plays. Call me crazy, but I take Wilson over Breeze. Wilson just puts it all on the line for the team. You'll see him running around, jumping, diving for the first down. When's the last time you saw Breeze do that? He doesn't necessarily have to do that, 
But that's what I want to see in my quarterback, who's going to lay it all on the line for the team and do whatever and do whatever he can to progress a drive or just to make a big play or to score a big touchdown to allow him to win. Do I think the Seahawks will beat the Saints? No, but I would take Wilson over Breeze. That's my opinion. At the end of the day, I think the Cowboys will come up short at home to the Hawks and go down 21-17, and the Hawks will advance to play the Saints. So we'll get into that. I might change my mind about the verdict of Saints-Seahawks, but you never know. For the next game, we're looking at Eagles versus the Bears. For me, it's very simple. Again, Mitchell Trubisky, can he lead this Bears team to a victory? It's his first playoff game. That's a lot of pressure in and of itself. Second-year quarterback, he's still learning to be a leader. But I will say this, his QBR is 72.8, which is third in the league. So he's playing really good at, the, at this moment in time. You know, this offense, it works so great for him because – you know, he doesn't have to hold on to the ball. He doesn't have to make these huge throws. You know, they get the ball out of his hands. Boom, quick, slant, boom, underneath route, boom. He knows his his uh, his go-tos, and they do a really good job of mixing in the run as well. Uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen both are really good backs, and it's I like the way they use both those backs. They don't necessarily just stick to one all game. Like, they, Jordan Howard is a starter, but if you watch their games, you'll see Tariq Cohen take more snaps than Jordan Howard. And sometimes it's the other way around, just depending on the opponent. That will be a tough uh, matchup. Uh, Allen Robinson is just having a heck of a year. You know, after tearing his ACL with the Jaguars last year and coming to this Bears, he just kind of revitalized his career and also just helped this offense improve dramatically. Anthony Miller, a really good player as well, who uh, is doing a really good job of getting open and making plays also. Trey Burton is going up against his uh, former team, the Eagles. A lot is going to be going into this game for Mitchell Trubisky and He's going to have to really show up to to win this game. So although he is going up against a tough Eagles defense who is no joke, we don't normally talk about this defense as much as we do with other defenses in the league. They've played together for so long. They have so much chemistry. Um, I will not count this Eagles defense out. Uh, the weakness in the Eagles is a secondary. So again, Mitchell Trubisky is going to have to do a great job of getting the ball out and make the right choices and not hold on, hold on to the ball. And if he does that, they should win this game. Uh, most of his mistakes are when he throws the ball. He has 12 interceptions, which is not that bad. Three force, or three fumbles lost. So the problem, again, like I said, it's him throwing the ball and making choices. So that's the key for the Bears. For the for the Eagles, hey, man, Foles Mania is back, and, it's, and they're going full steam ahead. Uh, this will be the toughest matchup I think they will face in Foles' tenure as a backup quarterback, the best defense in the league. They just have so much going on on that defense. They lead the league in takeaways, 36 takeaways, 27 interceptions, and 9 fumbles that they've recovered. And it's just amazing to see this defense, man. They have so much talent. They have Khalil Mack. They trade for Khalil Mack before the season. They have Kendall Fuller. They have Amos. They have Eddie Jackson. They have Amukamara. They have Roquan Smith. They have Trevathan. They still have, they have Aaron Lynch. They got Akeem Nix. You know, there's just so much going on and so many great players on this defense. And you can kind of understand if you've seen those players play before, you can really understand why this defense is number one. So, But I do believe also that they do have the weapons to compete with this Bears defense. Zach Ertz is basically a cheat code. He's unguardable, the guy. Uh, Roquan Smith, I can see him trying to chase him around. Uh, Alshon Jeffries is still playing good. He has the hot hands at the right time. 
Um, Nelson Aguilar, he had a good season. I don't, I didn't think he had that good of a season. I don't know if it's because of the publicity and the social media that he got last year and this year he's just not getting that much publicity but he still is having a good season the other tight end for the eagles zach goddard is another player or dallas goddard goddard i'm so stuck on zach Ertz. i wanted to be a ram <laughs> not okay yeah dallas goddard is a really good player too um great hands uh he's good blocker he's big he's physical he does all the right things but also this offensive line is going to be another key uh, they're, they're led by Jason Kelsey, who is an absolute monster. I don't know if you guys have seen that play. I think it's against the Redskins where he engages, and it's a run to the left, and he's holding on, he's holding his block while pushing him upfield, and the running back's like kind of like maybe like three, four yards behind him, and he ditches that blocker and jumps onto another blocker, and it's a almost a double pancake almost. Yeah, they end up scoring that drive, and I thought that was insane. As long as they have foals, I guess they can pretty much do anything. You know, Chris Long made a shrine in his locker of Nick Foles. So we'll see. Um, if Foles wins this game, there's going to be a quarterback controversy for sure. Wentz has been out the last two years with injury. And Foles is 10-1 and in the last 11 games, including the playoffs. So as an organization, they're going to need to discuss this. If they decide to go with Foles, they trade Wentz. That would be insane. They'd get a lot of good picks or picks or players from this from that trade, but I don't think they will trade Wentz. I think they'll stick with Wentz and continue to have Foles as a backup. If not, they trade Foles to acquire picks or players. Either way, their quarterback position is set for the future. Uh, well, Foles is a little older, but I think that's the reason why they'll stick with Wentz, just because of Foles' age. At the end of the day, Nick Foles is going to go into Soldier Field 10-1 and and leave Soldier Field 10-2. and I don't think the Eagles pull this one out. I think the Bears take down the Eagles 28-17. Mack and those monsters are just too much. And I think Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think they'll put too much pressure on Mitchell Trubisky in the sense of they won't have him holding the ball, holding the ball too long. And they'll be running the ball really well. Terry Cohen, another great player. And I just think that the Bears' defense is just going to be too much for the Eagles to handle. The next game is the game I'm really excited about. Chargers versus Ravens, round two. This was a great game. The first time they met, was it three weeks ago? That was just incredible. It was fun to watch. For the Chargers, it's that offensive line. 10th in passing, 15th in rushing. They're going up against a defense, which is unbelievably good. Uh, most of the players are not known to some of the people who watch football. Let me tell you, they got some good, good players. They got C.J. Mosley. They got T. Sizzles, Terrell Suggs, one of my favorite players of all time. They got Matthew Judon, Tyus Bowser, just a bunch of good players, solid players. And their DBs are just ball hawks. They have Eric Weddle, former Charger, Tony Jefferson from the Cardinals, and Jimmy Smith. Funny story about Jimmy Smith real quick. When Jimmy Smith was drafted, the Ravens actually had their pick skipped. They took too long to get into their pick, and they got skipped. I can't remember the next team who picked before them. I think it actually might have been the Chargers who had the next pick, or I think it was the Cardinals. But they made a quick pick. Boom, they got their pick in, and they sent it in. Next thing you know, you see the Ravens back on the clock, and they made their quick pick. And it was Jimmy Smith, who's been a really good corner since they've drafted him. 
Brandon Carr is really good. So a lot of good players, a lot of above average players. So this defense is the real deal. They lost to the Ravens three weeks ago, 22 to 10. Uh, the defense forced a fumble towards the end of the game with, uh, what is his name, uh, Gates. Punched the ball loose, took it for a, t- a touchdown, and that was in Ravens territory. Insane. But we also have to re- have to remember Melvin Gordon didn't play that game, so the run game might have been uh, minimized. But with Gordon back, the guy's a Mack truck. He's a top five running back for sure in this league, so he'll definitely help this offense out. Uh, if the offense is being dismantled, it will be tough for the Chargers to float on the river to the divisional round. So for the Ravens, hey man, was so excited about talking about the Ravens. For the Ravens, it's Lamar Jackson. Same story for the Cowboys. Same story for the for the Bears. It's it's their rookie quarterback, Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are back in the playoffs. This guy is insanely good. Listen to when I say this. He's in the same situation other quarterbacks in the past were. Those teams, they want they won the Super Bowl or went to the Super Bowl. And both teams played in the NFC West division. And they're both designed the exact same way. Super Bowl 47, when Colin Kaepernick, who was known for running the ball and was a decent passer with arguably the number one or number two defense that year. The Ravens defense was also dangerous. They played them in the Super Bowl. That defense was Ter- Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed. You know, Ray Lewis, them boys. And that's kind of what Lamar Jackson is. He's a run-first quarterback, but he can sling it. He's got a good arm. He's got a great arm. The next quarterback, Super Bowl forty-eight. The next year, Russell Wilson, once again, who uses his legs, but also can throw the ball and had a beast defense. I'm not saying the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying... That the Ravens are going to dismantle the whole AFC and win the Super Bowl. And I'm going to be some kind of predictor or something crazy. No, I'm not saying that. But it's I think Lamar hasn't made. He's He's got the defense. The offense is going to go as long as he goes. So he finds himself in the same position as those quarterbacks. It's crazy. And he's way faster than both of those guys. And he's got a cannon for an arm. I'll even add... You guys might think I'm crazy, but he is probably the next Michael Vick. He could be even better. He's got all the tools. He's got the legs, and he's got the arm. And in my opinion, he is the best rookie in this draft. I think a lot of teams missed out on him. I don't know why. Because they, I guess because he can run and not really throw the ball. I guess that's what they expected. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. My verdict for this, I think the Ravens will once again win in L.A., Jackson's going to have a great game, and the defense is going to hold strong, even though Melvin Gordon will return this week. So those are my predictions for the games. Uh, I wanted to do one last topic that involves the school systems. So we're going to get into some life topic now. So I wanted to talk about the school system, and I've had this thought on my brain for a very long time. I've talked to a lot of people about this. So a while back... And I'm not even sure if it's still happening. Teachers wanted to get paid more. But to get paid more, you have to do things that are going to enable you to become or to get paid more. So there needs to be improvements. So I need I need teachers to be able to encourage kids and motivate them to want to come to school. 
And when I say, when I'm talking about this, I mean middle schools and high schools, uh, kindergarten teachers who work with children, I feel like they deserve to get paid more just because the attention span of those young children is very short. Uh, Tommy could be focused and zoned in on you and listening, and you turn your back for one quick second, you'd see Tommy over there in his backpack taking a dump. So you'll, you want students to want to be able to go to school. You want students to be able to do their homework correctly or copying or asking Siri, hey, Siri, what's uh, four times four? Uh, hey, Alexa, what's uh, how many marbles did Carlos after this, that, this? And, you know, it's kind of pointless, and I don't like that method of teaching. If a child, If my child came to me and, and told me, hey, Dad, uh, I need help with my homework, I tell him, well, why do you need help with your homework? You should have learned it in class, and you should be able to do it. And he replies, I didn't get it or I didn't understand it. Then in my opinion, the teacher is doing is failing their job of teaching my kid the material. And yes, I understand my kid could be goofing off or not paying attention. But then again, it falls back on the teacher. Is the material that is being delivered boring? Is it is he speaking monotone? Is is it just something that he's not interested in? Is should it be okay that 30% of the class understand it while the other 60% don't understand it. You can put a question up on the board for one of the 30% students and you can just watch him go and he does the correct process without hesitation. The work is perfectly done and the teacher will call up a student from the 60% and they're up there scratching their head. They're sweating. They don't know why to do the problem. The kid, all the other kids are staring at him. And the teacher asks them to sit down and the walk back is just, just so embarrassing. They're thinking in their head, oh, why is everyone staring at me? Am I not smart? Am I dumb? Am, I don't want to be here. I want to go home. You know, and I've even experienced this to myself. I work with kids and, you know, some of the kids come with me with easy problems and I just solve that for them. You know, I feel super smart. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do that. Okay, boom. And then another kid come to me and with the problem was like, out of 42 marbles, what are the odds of him pulling out two blues and three greens? And I'm over here like, what? Huh? And I'm over here scratching my head like, bruh, what class is this? What time is this class so I can go to it? Because <laughs> I, might, I might need to learn up on some of this, bro. Because, I mean, if my kid isn't learning it and I'm over here struggling as well, to me, it's not all students learn the same. My main point of all this, if you want to get paid more, then you need to do more yourself. Some teachers start off their class with, a, they call that an icebreaker. Write down some of the stuff you love and you enjoy. And I'm writing down stuff that I enjoy. And during the class, I don't ever hear anything or any discussions or anything that is relevant to that paper and to the stuff that I wrote down. Understand what they love. Use that to help them. If my son loves sports, create a test about sports. I'm sure other kids will catch on if, if Emily loves puppies. Make a problems about puppies. I'll guarantee you this. If a teacher made a lesson plan that involves Fortnite, all the kids will be engaged and ready to learn. Not every kid learns the same. Everyone's different. So, again, if you want to get paid more, you need to do more. I know you'll have a lot of work. I understand that. But that's why you became a teacher, to impact lives and to help kids learn. Some teachers are just so stubborn and they're like, this is the way it has to be taught. And this is the only way that it needs to be taught. You know, and that's kind of what separates the good teachers and the bad teachers. Those good teachers will be there and, you know, they'll break it down and they'll try to correlate it to what you like. And, you know, I remember being a kid 
and I'd be asking questions and they'll be, they'll be like, well, what do you like? And I would be, you know, I like this. And they'll like correlate it and I'll be like, oh, okay. So now, so now I, if only I could see that on paper instead of just having you talk to me about it, then I'd be able to solve it. You know, if I just, if you just continue to tell me, break it down in a way that I can understand it in certain uh, topics that I love, sports, you know, movies, anything like that, Fortnite too, like I said earlier, if they were to like implement those topics, test scores, the, you know, the homework that's being done, it'll all go up because I mean, as a kid growing up, like I was saying earlier, I didn't like certain classes because I didn't get them. And it wasn't because I was dumb. It's just, or <laughs> call myself dumb. <laughs> it wasn't because um, that I didn't get it. It was the fact that it was something that I wasn't interested in. It didn't intrigue me. I guarantee you, if it was something about like sports, like if they talked about Kobe Bryant, if Kobe Bryant made 100 shots and missed this amount, what is his percentage? You know, that and I would be like, wow, like I want to know his percentage. Like what is Kobe's percentage? And I feel like if teachers were to do that more often, then a lot would be happening. You know, the dropout rate would be decreasing. You know, kids would be motivated to go to school. You know, kids would be excited, ecstatic. I can't wait to go to class, dad. I'm so happy. Uh, teacher does a really good job and my friends understand it too. And if other friends understand it, then, then, then that's how you know the teacher's doing a great job. You know, I applaud that teacher and I'd give him all the money in the world. If you're gonna help my kid learn and you're not gonna just teach him like he's some kind of number and a robot and um, that's kind of what it seems like to me I feel like the school the schools nowadays are just just strict upon strictly teaching kids as if they're robots this is the way you gotta learn it if you don't get it you don't pass if you don't pass then you're then you're stuck here until you do pass it and I feel like that's not the right way to go I think it was like top 10 in education and now we're like in the bottom half of education and you see some of those other countries who are doing extremely well and it's not because they're there's something in the waters it's not that it's the process in which it being taught and that's the biggest thing for me that's why i don't feel like teachers need to get paid until you're willing to go the extra mile and helping my kid and even if you have 25 students and i know that's a lot of kids and you have to add up all the periods but you necessarily don't even have to create individually uh, a piece of paper that correlates to them as long as they like it and they love it and it relates to them then they'll be happy if you have 28 students you can for sure find a four four categories that correlates to every single student seven students to each category and when they take the test it'll be based strictly on the material that they love four tests based upon that and that's not even hard to grade especially now with all the technology we have nowadays scantrons boom easy a, B, C, D tests. That's it. That's easy. To me, that's very simple. I don't know how you guys feel about that. You guys can let me know how you guys feel about that. It helps me better. It helps me learn and it helps me understand. Karen isn't going to learn. She drove to John's house, which took you know how many minutes. And plus, you can't forget that she stopped to get gas. How much gas did she use? What? How am I, how am I supposed to know? I wasn't in the car with her. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Just let me know and give me some feedback what you think about this. Um, there's also another thing I'd like to talk about. I can go into the college as well. I'll go into real brief. And maybe I'll talk about it next week. Um, so real brief, uh, college taking general ed first two years is ridiculous. 
it boosts us up so many debt increases. I don't want to be there for an extra two years when I can only be there for really two years if I start my major right away if I get into college. It's a whole thing. I can get into that, to that now, but I want to get into some topics that some of you guys have given, given me, and I'm going to just briefly try to go over them. So, my man Jimmy Pineda, he asked me to talk about the valley, the good and the bad. So, I love the valley, valley's home, always will be. We got the best food, so close to the border. Uh, I remember I used, to, I used to live in LA for a bit, and I couldn't find a good Mexican spot to save my life. You know, it was bad. You know, I think I had tacos once, and I never went there again. So the food is great. Um, people, people are great. We got beautiful people here in El Centro. Homemade tacos from home, mama. Um, love you, mama. Love you, daddy. As soon as I said I love you, dad, it reminded me of Shrek when that kid's all, did it roar. And then he does roar. I love you, daddy. You meet some of the best, best people there in El Centro. Uh, I still rock with some of my homies from El Centro. You know, some of the bad gas <laughs> gas the weather even though i do love the hot weather i'd rather be hot any day than cold um i'm up here in san diego i'm freezing my butt off i don't have anything bad to say about the valley it's my hometown it is what it is i love that place and if you do hear somebody talking bad about the valley it's most likely because they're not from the valley so they just hating my girl michelle tapia should women propose to men Honestly, I don't think that's a bad thing. If a woman loves a man that much to propose, hey, all power to you. That takes guts. And if your man can't build up the guts to ask you, well, shoot, why not ask him? I don't find, I don't see that a problem. Uh, much nowadays, people are like, oh, that's so weak, dude. You got proposed to, Bruh, Don't be mad and jealous because you ain't got a girl, and I'm over here getting married. By the way, you want to be my best man? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, can men and women be just friends? Michelle Tapia again. Shout out. Uh, I feel, Yeah, of course. Why not? Now, if we talk about after a breakup, me personally, I don't think so. I think that's just too much. I think um, we had our run. Good job. It didn't work. Peace. Uh, I don't want to be your friend. I'd rather just uh, do my own thing. You do your own thing. And uh, we'll call it. we'll call it a day. My homie Josh Reyes, how leaving home can really change a person and make them grow. Uh, that is true. A person, when they leave home, I left home when I was 18. Or, was it 18? Yeah. Was it 18? No. I did two years at IBC. I think 20? 20. I left I left home at 20. Uh, I, went, I lived here in San Diego for two years. Um, had my sister up here too, so it kind of didn't really feel like I left home. But after that, I went to L.A., lived up there for two years. I think it's great. I think everyone needs to do it um, for a little while at least. And if you don't like it, come back and live with the family. But it definitely can help you grow. Uh, you see a lot of great things. You see a lot of people that can impact your life. You meet a lot of great people who eventually can help you in your future if you need be. Um, you know, I always try to be nice to everybody. That's just a simple fact if you meet jimmy as a young kid and he's being bullied but i was being super cool and hey jimmy sooner or later owns a big corporation and guess what i need a job and i hit up jimmy hey jimmy i need a job bro you can hook me up yeah bro i'll hook you up bro 15 dollars an hour come in bro i'll get you hours too i love that um but it's also kind of negative too you can get into the wrong things in life you know 
people do a lot of stuff, you know, drugs, alcohol, stuff like that. It can be negative. It can be positive. You know, if you get emotion, if you get a breakdown emotionally and things start happening like that, that can be bad. Uh, people don't really talk. I didn't really talk to anybody in El Centro. So you kind of lose contact with people as well. For the most part, I think it's really, really positive. I think that's about it. I have some more stuff from other people, but I kind of want to save it because it's such good stuff. So I think that's going to be it. I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, next week, we'll talk about some more football. I want to get on basketball. There's so much I want to talk about in basketball. I want to talk about my Lakers, the rankings. I want to talk about a lot of stuff. I want to talk about boxing. Bruh, if you watch that Mayweather versus whatever, Takashi, bruh, that was a joke. If you think that was real, you got to be kidding me, bro. The dude fell and acted like he got knocked. I'll talk about that next week. And uh, we'll talk about some Champions League soccer coming up pretty soon. PSG versus Man U, bunch of other stuff. I also want to get back into what I was talking about earlier about college, about after high school, getting into college. Uh, I want to get into some deep stuff. I want to talk about some love I want next week. I want to talk about some relationships. I want to get all into that. So ladies, give me some ideas. Give me some topics. Let me know what's up. Men, you can do the same if that's what you want. <laughs> um... There's a lot of things I want to talk about that I didn't get to talk about. I wanted to get to the 49ers and the big offseason that they can have. Antonio Brown, where might he land? Uh, there's just so many ideas in my head running wild. Uh, I didn't mention this before, but I want to say now, I will try to get some people on the podcast and we'll just talk, conversate, and uh, just see where it goes. So if you're interested in doing that with me, maybe uh, DM me on Instagram or on Facebook and uh, we'll try to get that set up as fast as we can I will be trying to post weekly and uh, let me know what I need to improve on my first time on the cast so I'm really really open to uh, some ideas on how to improve and I'm open to criticism so let me know what I need to improve on and get better at so that way this podcast is something that you'll enjoy my cat obviously thinks it's time to play and it's super late. So with that being said, I just want to thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys on the second episode of Just Cruising with me featuring my boy Vader in the background. Peace.